You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. called This Audacious Life. This Audacious Life. This is one of our series that we actually do annually. We started Audacious Church some 15 years ago, and out of that, some of the team way back when were sitting in the front room of Pastor Glenn and Pastor Soph's house, writing on a whiteboard, what kind of church do we want to be? What do we want church to look like, feel like, and be? And some of the words that came up with that became our values were enthusiastic, relational, entrepreneurial, fun, accessible. We'd have ownership, would be supernatural. Hey, come on, somebody, the presence of God is important, right? We'd be excellent, purposeful, authentic, and missional. But trying to package that into a sentence is quite long, isn't it? And hard to remember. So some five years ago, team sat down at a table and discussed how do we make all of these values a little bit more tangible in our lives. So we came up with four phrases that we would be fiercely determined, we would be seriously fun, we would be wildly authentic, and we would be fearlessly devoted. So this audacious life was born. And some people love this series so much that every year we do it, they get a new tattoo that says this audacious life. Not looking at anyone in particular, James Jones at the back, but who's believing for a third tattoo? Let's see your show of hands. Should we take up an offering, Mandy Jones? Should we? (laughs) I'll pay for it. Delete that from the podcast. I will not in Jesus' name. But we recognize that this is so much more than us and us being audacious people. This is all about Jesus because nobody lived a more audacious life than Jesus. His audacious deeds, his audacious words, and his audacious life. But in order to get ready to live an audacious life, the Bible says in Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and in favor with man. Well, what does that mean? Wisdom, he grew intellectually in his thinking and his mindset and stature. He physically grew, his world changed in actions, his favor with God, his relationship spiritually with his father, favor with man in relationships laterally and horizontal with the world. So over the next four weeks, we are gonna unpack that verse and talk about this audacious life. And I want to start today with wisdom. And I want to suggest this, that this audacious life starts with a thought. This audacious life starts with a thought. You don't know what I'm thinking. You have no idea. One of the skills in learning to be a communicator and a preacher is as you're speaking, 
I'm actually not thinking about what I'm saying right now. I'm thinking about what I'm about to say. And more than that, I'm also looking around the room. I'm seeing what's going on. I'm seeing who's yawning in the fifth row. I'm seeing who's switched off in the back. I'm also thinking about things that I ponder regularly. Like, do I feed my dog too much cheese and is that bad for him? But he loves it really. And I love making him happy. I'm also thinking about the fact that my mother-in-law is in the second row and I best be on my best behavior in church today. I'm, I'm thinking and you don't have a clue what I'm thinking about because my internal world, my private world is hidden. It's not in view. In fact, it's private and it's rarely invest, uh, investigated. So it's under invested at times. You have no idea what I am thinking about. Nobody does except God. The Bible says this in Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and you know when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. This audacious life starts with a thought. So we are going to do some investigation and a little bit of heart surgery today into our thought life. Because everything great starts with a thought. We've all had great thoughts, haven't we? I had a thought one time that I should catch a bus after youth on a Friday night at half 11 at night that seven hours later would get me into London on a Saturday morning where I would go on our first ever date together, Lysandra and I, and the same thought that got me on the bus that evening back to make the church for the next day. I know I love the house, but that great thought has turned into a great destination because now we're married, a great thought. Another great thought that last week, it was my grand 75th birthday, and I had a thought, how crazy would it be just to jump on a plane, show up, surprise her for her birthday? So that great thought became action, and I jumped on a plane, and I showed up to her 75th birthday on a Friday night. She had no idea I was coming, so much so she called me the wrong name when she seen me. She called me Richard, who's her nephew. She's like, Richard, what are you, I mean, Lee, what are you doing here? So flabbergasted was she. All good things in our world have started with great thoughts. Maybe it's been your marriage, family, having kids, a performance at work. Many of our great memories in life have started with great thoughts. Here Jesus grows in wisdom. And the word wisdom here is a word called Sophia, like the name Sophia, which means intelligence, knowledge, learning, and understanding and skill. And the Bible says for Jesus to live his audacious life in ministry, he had to grow in the area of his thought life. So important was it because from great thoughts come great deeds and from dreams come destinations. So even Jesus had to grow in his thought life because the reality for us today is this. Our thoughts will either build our world or they'll break our world. They'll either expand our world or they'll restrict our world. They'll create our world or they'll destroy our world. Every good or evil thing that has taken place has started with a thought. 
So I'm going to give you four things today, quick fire, and how to grow in your thought life. Are you ready, church? The first thing is this, is to be fiercely determined. Fiercely determined. The Bible tells us to be guardians about what we think about. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. This means to be wise and discerning. For everything you do flows from it. When I was younger, my brother sent me a text message. I was at home on Saturday playing Xbox, 14 years old, literally living my best life, right? My brother texts me and he says, help, Ryan Savage is hitting me. Ryan Savage is much bigger, stronger, older than my little brother. And I'm about a mile away from where Tyler was at this moment. He says, I'm at the green encumber, come and help. So I literally, church, I must have broke the world record for the fastest mile ever ran. I didn't eat, felt like I didn't even breathe. I was running so hard. And I ran down to the green to protect my little brother. And it turns out it was nowhere near as bad as what he saying, was saying it was. And it was more of a prank than anything else. I was annoyed, let me tell you. But because I'm a guardian of my younger brother, fierce determination rose up inside of me to go and protect him. And in our world in 2022, we have thousands of influences coming into our mind. Social media, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. We've got the news. We've got colleagues at work. We've got family. We have so much coming into our minds. But the Bible says to guard your heart, guard your thought life, because what starts as a dream can one day become a destination. Now, this is how important it is. Proverbs expands and says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Our thought life is powerful because it has the potential to shape who we are and the world around us. But how do we do that in the midst of getting bombarded with information, who we should be, how we should act, what we should do? What is our response? The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. There is a kingdom strategy called taking thoughts captive. It's not a passive strategy. It's active. It's aggressive. It doesn't let thoughts regurgitate on the sushi wheel of our mind, but it takes the thought off the shelf, makes it obedient to Christ, and says that thought is not pure, admirable, holy, worthy, honoring. So I'll stick it in the bin. We have to, with fierce determination, not allow negativity, lack of faith, fear, what the world tells us we should be that's contrary to the word of God, take root in our minds. But with fierce determination, we need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. This audacious life starts with a thought. So take every thought captive. Thoughts that say, I can't do this. Replace it with the Bible that says, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Thoughts that say that's impossible to do. Replacing it with Mark 9, 23 that says, with God, all things are possible. 
Make a decision today, church, to take out those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. The second point to grow in your thought life is to be wildly authentic. Wildly authentic. See, no one knows your thoughts unless you tell them. But the reason we don't tell people is because of fear. Michael Busey says this, he says, fear is the dark room where the devil develops his negatives. Fear brings us into isolation, brings us into the dark. And in the dark, mold grows and takes root in our world. But on the contrary, we aren't people of the dark. We are sons and daughters of the light. And the light brings exposure. It brings breakthrough. It brings healing. It brings everything we need for a life lived with God can be found in the light. And we need to be wildly authentic and invite others into our private world because it could change and save our families. It could save our marriages. It could save our faith. Everything we hold dear, if we just let someone into our thought life, it could truly change everything. Because what starts as a thought one day leads to an action. And what starts as a dream one day becomes a destination. But one of the reasons is this, we're having two conversations. We're having a conversation up here in our mind, and we're having a conversation that's totally different in our external world. What do I mean by that? In Samuel, Saul, the mad king, says it like this. It says, in the meantime, Saul's daughter Michal had fallen in love with David, and Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Here's another chance to see David killed by the Philistines. Saul said to himself, so Saul thinks to himself, here's a chance to have David killed. But to David, he said, today you have a second chance to become my son-in-law. Saul is living a double life. One on the inside hidden world and one on the outside external world. And I want to suggest today, Audacious Church, that in order to be wildly authentic, we need to close the gap between our external world and our internal world. Close the gap between our thought life and our actions. Close the gap between what we think and what we say. Close the gap between the dark and the light. And no longer allow the dark thoughts to exist in the prison of our minds, but to replace it with the light. In Jesus' name. James 5 says it like this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of confession is this. If you confess to God, God will forgive you. And if you confess to another, you'll find healing for what the enemy wants to cause there to be hurt and destruction and turmoil in your mind. Thoughts that say, I've messed up too bad, there's no hope for me. I, in my Bible, there's always hope 
for you. Thoughts that say, I've done too much. I'm distant from God. There's no way back from here. If you just confess and bring somebody in, watch the power of the light and of the community called the church show forgiveness and love and grace. Wash you and you put on a new robe, give you a new signet ring and show you that you're chosen, set apart and you are made new again in Jesus' name. But in order to do so, we have to be wildly authentic. This audacious life starts with a thought. So choose to be wildly authentic and join a small group this term and allow healing to come in the community as you take what's in the inside world into the external world and together we find healing in Jesus' name. The third thing, everybody say third thing, is seriously fun. Seriously Fun. I know. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. But in order to live seriously fun, we've got to get over ourselves. We literally have to get over ourselves. We have to get over ourselves because the intensity of life can crush the joy of humanity. My Bible says in John 10, 10 that Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And yes, we've got a purpose. Yes, we've got a mission. Yes, we've got goals. Yes, there's people that need Jesus. Yes, there's bills to pay. Yes, there's so much going on in our world that's serious and we should pay attention to and we should deal with. But if all we're doing all the time is being intense, all we'll do is exist, but we'll never truly live. And God has called us to live, to enjoy, to be free, to love his presence, to love his people, and to love this great audacious Christian life that he has given each one of us. Ecclesiastes 2, 24 to 25 says, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. And everybody said, amen. This too I see is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? I want to know, is your world full of stress, full of anxiety, full of fear, full of worry? I want to suggest that the antidote to that is cheer. It's fun. If you find when you go home today and your thought life is totally captivated with intensity and seriousness, I want to suggest that you pay just as much attention to making fun memories with your family, with your friends, with your kids. We all know what it's like. The youth don't. They're in school. They've got it easy, don't they? They don't know what it's like. I'm kidding. We all know what it's like to have bills to pay, houses to look after, jobs that need done, an endless checklist of things, worries, concerns, thinking about the future, thinking about the decisions we've made. But if that's all we're focused on, Bible says we're left with crushed up, dried up bones, which will leave nothing in way of legacy and memories to those that come up after us. I wonder when people look at our lives, do they see Christians as people who have the most fun? I hope so. Because when I was 16 years old in an RE class and I seen all these guys having fun, freedom, hope, true life that I never had, that's what I wanted. And it was a combination of what they said and how they lived their life. It was fun. That made me question my own. That I feel empty on the inside. Tell me, what is it that you have that I need? So church, don't relegate fun 
to the youth. Don't relegate fun to five minutes on a Friday night. Make fun an everyday part of your life. And watch the joy flow. The joy flow. And lastly, in our thought life, let's be fearlessly devoted. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Make a decision to ensure you're devoted to thinking about your thinking. You ever heard the phrase, entertaining a thought? Oh, let's entertain that thought. Enter entertaining is this, is going out to a nice restaurant, great atmosphere, great food, great company. Entertaining someone on a meal out. Uh, one of our favorite places to go is the Thai restaurant in Chester. The chefs put on a performance for you. They flip eggs, crack them, put it in the rice. It's, it's an awesome experience. That's taking Lizandra, my wife, out for, for entertainment, to be entertained, entertaining those thoughts, entertaining those things. But because I entertain my wife, we would never consider entertaining someone else, someone else's wife. I'd never consider entertaining another woman. She would never entertain a, another guy on a night out, a dinner. just wouldn't happen. But there's thoughts in our life that we entertain that aren't pure, aren't noble, aren't admirable, aren't true, aren't pure, but we give them space, we take them for a meal out, we wine them and dine them until they become who we are. This is what thoughts do. Thoughts become feelings that then turn to desires, that then turn to doing, action, and then becomes our identity and who we are. Say that again, thoughts become feelings, feelings to desires, desires to actions, and actions to our identity. On the timeline of your life, from identity can be tracked the whole way back to a thought. Be fearlessly devoted today, church, to thinking about your thinking. Some of you have some thoughts today, thoughts of growing, expanding, taking ground, promotion in work, building a family, many great thoughts. Entertain those thoughts. Bring them to God. Make them obedient to Christ. Give them space. And watch what God will do as you bring the thoughts, the desires that He's given you to Him, the breakthrough, the expansion, the fruit that He'll bring in you and through you. And for those thoughts today that you know have had a grip on your mind or are contrary to the Word of God that you know aren't true, well, this is a safe place today, church. There's no judgment in this place. In fact, nobody even knows your thoughts except you. But I want to encourage you this term as we go into small groups to share with somebody. Hey, these are my thoughts. Can you stand with me? Can you pray with me and hold me accountable? I wonder how many things would look different in our world today if somebody took their thought and brought it into the light. Don't allow those thoughts to get moldy in the dark room of your mind. But bring those thoughts. We all have them. We're all human. We all have thoughts we don't like. And that's okay. Just don't let them become who you are 
and turn it into feelings, turn it into desires, turn it into actions. But take that thought and make it obedient to Christ. Is it true? Is it praiseworthy? Is it admirable? Think of how free we would be, how light we would feel because our thoughts weren't determining our world, but we were bringing our thoughts to the God who knows them anyway, who's standing with open arms saying, let me journey this with you. Let me walk this with you. You've gone a mile on your own. Let me walk the next with you. Come on, you know what thoughts they are. And in this moment, where you're seated, just bow your heads and close your eyes. And in a moment, I'm gonna pray. I want you to do something today. If you resonate with this message, I want you to exchange. Exchange those thoughts that you know are on the sushi wheel of your life. They just keep coming round and round and round. And you know you don't like them. They're not who you are. They're not honoring to God. And you don't want them. And I'm gonna pray in a moment that the Holy Spirit, by his power, will give you thoughts that are pure, thoughts that are free, thoughts that set you free from the captivity of your mind and replace them with the word of God. Might just save your life. Might just start a business. Might just save your family. Might just change your world if you just took that thought and made it obedient to Christ. So come on, whatever it is right now, think about it, take hold of it, bind it up, make it captive. And right now, we're gonna bring it to Christ and we're gonna exchange that thought. It's no longer yours, no longer mine. It's not who I am, it's not who I'll be. But God, today I give you that thought. This audacious life starts with a thought and I want my thoughts to be pure, to be noble, to be admirable, to be praiseworthy and to set my life up for the great future that you have for it. So God, right now we exchange, we exchange, we exchange. God, we don't hold on to those thoughts anymore. Those thoughts that are lies, speak to our identity, tell us who we are that we know we're not. Thoughts that tell us we're isolated and we're lonely. God, we choose to say we're in a family, a community of church and we're together. Thoughts that, God, take us away from our family, our spouses, those that we love. Thoughts that seek to cause a divide. Father, we exchange right now. God, thoughts that bind us up, tell us we don't have enough, we won't make it through. God, we exchange those thoughts. God, thoughts about the cost of living that seek to bind us and hold us back and we're worried. God, we give those thoughts to you and God, we're thankful that you provide for all of our needs. If you did it back then, you will do it again. God, we choose right now to exchange those thoughts to say, I'm gonna disconnect myself from family, from small group, from community. I'm gonna go out on my own, do it on my own. God, I give them to you. I realized today that I was created, destined, and purposed to do this in a family called the church. Just exchange, exchange, exchange. Give it to God, give it to God. He loves you, cares for you. So proud of you in this moment, giving what is in your mind to him. He sees it already. Nothing frightens him, worries him, catches him off guard. But he's wrapping you up in his arms right now. He says, Look. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.